Boom! There it is! Oh man, one of those Facebook feeds didn't go live, so that's okay. We still got other Facebook feeds, LinkedIn, YouTube. Let's get ready to do this thing, ladies and gents. It's it's my Friday, your Wednesday, but we're ready to rock and roll. Here we go! Shut up and sit down. Is your business in need of customers? Then you found the right show. Hernan Cias is the business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of Business Bro. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Here we go. Let's do this thing. What do we got? Uh, ladies and gents, our number one rule in business is to be of service to others. So this is your friendly reminder to like, share, and subscribe because every time you do, you help an entrepreneur find a customer and a customer find a solution to their problem. All right, here we go, ladies and gents. Are you an executive or a manager who is creating change, driving innovation, or navigating transitions? If you are, then today's episode is for you because today's guest is looking for managers and executives who want to draw upon their greatest, most authentic abilities to positively impact their organizations. Now, with over 30 years of corporate business experience, she'll help her clients fully step into their potential so they can lead satisfying careers. So let's welcome to the show, executive and career coach, speaker and best-selling author of Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and success on your own terms, Terry B. McDougall. All right, Terry, welcome to the party. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Oh, man, I'm excited. I'm glad I put a smile on your face. Let's do this thing. All right. My first question is always uh, has to do with a why, and uh, I'm going to make this one a little selfish one. You are on the Business Bros podcast. Why did you decide to come on the show? Why are you doing this? Because I want to know. A fun, a lot of fun. And I feel like I can always learn from, from smart business bros like you. Thank you. Well, let's do this thing then. What is it that I forgot to even tell you before the show? I dropped those little video clips and they're like little segment stuff. So you'll see them pop up on the screen and then go ahead and talk right after that. I should have told you that okay. before the show. My bad. Okay, that's okay. All right, no worries. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's jump into this thing. What is it that you do? What do you get paid to do? If you're good at something, never do it for free. I get... I get paid to help people step into their full potential because there's a lot of people out there that are paying a way higher price than is necessary for their success because they're stressing out, they're burning out, they have a lot of anxiety. A lot of times they're bringing that home. They have health issues, relationship issues. And, you know, like it's just not worth it to overinvest in work. You can be successful and you can be happy if you know the rules of the game. And that's what I help people learn. There's a difference between uh, living to work and working to live. And I think we we all try to have that balance at some point. Um, you work with executives and managers who are dealing with and trying to help people uh, in their teams or in their companies to grow. And something, sometimes we also mix empathy and sympathy and we start taking on problems and they become very stressful how do you help people reach their potential when they're carrying such a heavy load you know there's 
there's a couple things. Um, there's some tools that I use. One is called the uh, support challenge matrix. And this is something that I help leaders understand how to find that balance so that they actually are not, you know, uh, supporting their teams too much or challenging their teams too much, so that they're getting that right balance of support and challenge so they liberate the ability that their teams have. Because, you know, people have a tendency to like fall a little bit um, on one side of the line or the other. They're either, you know, if somebody has trouble, they'll just say, oh, get out of the way. It's just quicker for me to mm. do it. And that actually causes a feeling of entitlement and actually a little bit of disillusion among uh, among the teams because they feel like, oh, I'm not needed or I'm not even going to try that hard because my boss will just step in and do it. Or on the other side of that, sometimes they, you know, they'll do kind of the dump and run, like, or, or they'll be, uh, you know, they'll dominate their teams, like you have to do it this way. And, and that also can have the same impact that people feel discouraged, they feel, you know, undervalued, uh, they'll do only as much as what's required not to get in trouble. And neither one of those scenarios is an ideal scenario. And so, you know, I just find that a lot of people that have worked their way up to leadership sometimes haven't mentally promoted themselves to understand how do you fully leverage your team and all of the other resources that have been given to you so that you're getting the most impact without having to work 24 seven because nobody wants that. Oh, we, we loved our freedom during the pandemic times, maybe not the restrictions, but it did open the door to a different way of looking at our nine to five. And I, I just can't help but to think so many people have decided to change the way they view work. Executives and managers got to change the way that they coach and lead their teams, right? What have you experienced in the mm -hmm. last couple of years regarding that sort of shift? Oh my gosh, like, where do I even begin? So many things. Um, you know, there's a different approach to work that has to happen whenever you're work when you're leading people virtually. And, you know, you have to get a lot more clear about what the expectations are. I see it a lot where where leaders, you know, maybe they've been doing what they do for a long time and haven't really stopped to think about how do I uh, share my knowledge and my expertise with people on my team so that they become stronger. And, you know, the reality is that leaders can only rise as quickly as the people grow, the people below them grow and rise. Um, it's, it just doesn't work unless you can, um, I guess, step back further far enough so that you understand what needs to happen on your team. And, you know, when you're leading people virtually, that just added, adds a whole nother layer of um, complexity because you can't, you know, kind of do the management by walking around. You've got to mm -hmm. be a lot more um, thoughtful about, okay, how am I going to lead? What do these people need? You know, there, it's got to be more proactive. And because of that, because there's only so many hours in the day, that also means that um, leaders have to be a lot more disciplined about how they use their own time. And, um, you know, there's some tools, there's a, a tool that I introduced to every one of my clients called the Eisenhower box that, um, general and president Eisenhower developed, you know, probably back during world war two, world war two, where he, um, 
well, anybody that I introduce this uh, to can use it to help them um, triage, okay, from urgent and important to not important and not urgent. You know, everybody is going to work on the urgent and important, mm -hmm. um, but most of the time, the next thing that they do is the urgent and not important. And what falls by the wayside is the important and not urgent. And that never gets looked at until it's, you know, a burning house fire. And, you know, we, we really need to be very selective about how we invest our time, especially as leaders, because there's only so much of that to go around. And, um, you know, when people aren't wise about how they invest their own time and energy, that's when you end up with people in burnout and, you know, on that hamster wheel that just keeps going faster and faster and faster and, you know, feeling like they can't keep up. Do you think it, uh, things are shifting since, since time and time management are becoming such a big issue for executives, managers, but as well as the employees, I feel like there's got to be a shift in like how you create project-based stuff versus hourly stuff, right? We're so used to mm -hmm. showing up as a team, clocking in, go to the first, yeah. you know, mo Monday morning meeting for the team. And then we go mm -hmm. kind of spend some time at the water cooler, catching up. Yeah. And then we actually get to work. Like there's a lot of dynamic, but you're taking care of things on an hourly basis. As a leader, yeah. now you kind of have to look at things project-based and mm -hmm. how far along this timeline you're on. So I'm, I'm, if I'm hearing you right, that's that time management feature where you're breaking up your project maybe into small scopes that you can really oversee and manage on a project base versus walking around on an hourly base. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of think of it like, you know, when you go to work, you really have to think about how are you adding value? And when you break it down, there's really only three ways that anybody is adding value. Um, in a for-profit company. They're either helping them make money, helping them save money, or helping them reduce risk, which basically is helping them save money as well. And most people, particularly if they're not in a leadership role, think like, well, my job is just to go in and you know fill out these spreadsheets or make these widgets or whatever. And we've got to shift away from that to realize, you know, how am I creating value? How am I having impact on one of those three areas of value? And, you know, I think that that's important for individuals to do. And if they're not clear on how to connect the dots between what they're doing and how the company makes money, that's a discussion that needs to be had with their supervisor so that they really understand that. But particularly people in leadership need to get the perspective like, you know, and always be asking that question, like, how is this adding value? And if we can get clear on what the goals are, and then you can, and if you can get clear and you can communicate that clearly to your staff or, you know, whoever else is working on adding that value, and then you can be, uh, allow them a little more freedom to figure out how they might innovate or come up with a new idea to maybe have more impact with less um, time or with less energy, which that's what we all should be about. Like, how do we innovate? How do we become more efficient and more effective? It's not about putting in the hours. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It, it does get mundane. It does get boring after a while. You do hit burnout. 
Um, and but at the same time, we got to make sure that the work gets done, right? So there's that yeah. balance again of trying to structure some of these things. Uh, and and one of the things that I read in your intro was to you're you're helping people draw upon their greatest, most authentic abilities uh, mm -hmm. to positively impact the organization, right? So let's let's kind of unpack that. You know, when we're looking at some of our skills or when we're looking at some of the things that we do well, uh, either as mm -hmm. leaders or or as employees. How are you bringing in that authentic ability? Like, I feel like sometimes authenticity can get in the way of company culture or your authenticity can mm -hmm. get in the way of the way you're productive because there's a certain way that things are done. What do you mean by, mm -hmm. by finding that authentic ability and how does it impact uh, their organizations? Well, you know, the, the subtitle of my book is career happiness and success on your own terms. And I work with, I, I call them people who are successful, but not satisfied. And, and as a matter of fact, I was just um, talking with a potential client earlier today and she had just gotten promoted and her parents are like, oh, you know, it's so great. You have such a great job. And she was feeling very blase about it because, and when I, I mentioned to her, you know, that I work with people that are successful, but not satisfied, she was like, oh my gosh, that is me because mm smart, high achieving people can do a lot of things. It doesn't mean that they like doing a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really important to make sure that you're spending the majority of time working on the type of um, work or using the kind of skills um, that are innate to you that refill your tank, right? Because if not, if you're, you know, you're like, okay, I can do this, but I hate doing it, right? And a lot of us can be good at things that we don't like doing. Like, I know how to clean the bathtub. I don't like doing it. You know, I'm doing it. Doesn't right, mean I like right. doing it. Yes, exactly. And, you know, you can do it, but if you're spending a lot of time doing things that, yes, you're able to do, but you don't like to do, you will find that your tank runs down to empty. That, mm. you know, when Monday rolls around, you're like hitting the snooze button. You don't, you don't want to do that. I, I think that when we can really get in touch with what am I good at and what do I love to do and where can I find, you know, it, it could be at the place that you work right now. It could be that like, oh, I'm going to delegate the things that I don't like doing to somebody that does like doing them, or I'm going to, you know, look for another job within the organization that enables me to, you know, work with people more or work with data more, whatever it is. Because I think that the, uh, the balance is when you can spend about 70% of the time doing the things that you enjoy and that you get energy from, that fills your tank up enough so that you can tolerate that 30% that you don't like doing, whether it's like doing your expense report or, you know, whatever cleaning out the storage room <laughs> yeah, yeah, but whatever it's it is still, that you don't like doing exactly everybody's to each his own right somebody right. might yeah, actually exactly. like that stuff but i get what you're saying like you know most of your day you can't have 100 percent. it's not gonna be that i mean it's a great goal to shoot for mm -hmm. but no mm -hmm. it's not gonna be every single day but the difference and i like how you said the mon monday morning blues but the difference for me is 
when I am looking forward and think about, you know, for everybody else that day, you know, you're about to go to Disneyland that night before you can't get enough sleep. You can't fall asleep. Your mind's going crazy. You wake mm -hmm. up early before your alarm goes yeah. off because you're just, you know what you're doing. You know yeah. where you're going. You know the feeling you're going to have. So you get that excited feeling. I think if you, if you can find pieces of that at work behind your passion, you don't hit the snooze button. You it doesn't feel like work. To you're work. like, yeah. I get to do this. It's not like, oh, I have to do this. It's like, I get to do this. Um, and believe me, I've had those nirvana moments in my career. And, you know, you don't, there's seasons in anybody's career, right? Like you're not going to, it's not going to always be rainbows and unicorns and puppies and ice cream um, all the time. But, you know, sometimes like the planets do align and you have those moments that are just like those dream moments in your career that everything's going well. You love who you work with, you know, the, you love the kind of work that you're doing. But, you know, a lot of times if we get to a point where we're like, mm, I'm not as satisfied as I was, right? It, it's important to, to look and, and actually really believe that you're worthy of having, you know, more peak moments like that. You know, and, and I'd say like, everybody comes to earth with unique gifts, you know, and sometimes we can, you know, do ourselves the disservice of comparing ourselves to other people and saying, well, I'm not as good as them or whatever, but everybody has their unique gifts. And I think that we do ourselves a great favor when we recognize that we, we do have gifts and find places where we can use them to their, you know, highest level. And that's usually when we're happiest is when we can use those gifts, those things that come easily to us and that we enjoy doing. Those are our superpowers. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to ask you about your ideal client because there, as you're discussing that about, you know, the different mentalities to, to find your superpowers mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, and how we get discouraged from time to time. For example, this mm -hmm. is how it always starts with me. I look at somebody, I'm like, this person is awesome. And I look to them as a mentor. I read their books. I listen to their podcasts, mm -hmm. right? They become a mentor. And then yeah. somewhere there's this shift. And I think for, for most people, this is where the imposter syndrome starts to take over. And there's this shift from I'm going to be like this person to I can never be like this person. Like I'm incapable mm -hmm. of doing that. And that's when we start looking at people and comparing us ourselves and that whole idea mm -hmm. of the Joneses and what we can't do. Mm -hmm. And I think a coach helps you realize what you've initially seen in yourself, that this person is a mentor, that you're not, you know, this is not who you're going to be. You're learning right. from this person, but this is not who you are going mm -hmm. to be. You're going to be you. So when people yes. sit down and talk to you, who's this ideal client where you can take them from feeling like they can't do what they think they can set out to do or even have mm -hmm. a plan and, and transfer them? Mm -hmm. Who's this ideal client that you're looking for? I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Um, it's those overachievers that are saying to themselves, I, you know, I'm working so hard and I'm trying to get that brass ring and it, you know, how can I even work any harder? I'm already working, you know, 80 hours a week. And, you know, I'll tell them like, stop, stop working 80 hours a week. Right. Because that's not sustainable. Um, it's really important to value yourself. And it's, it's, I mean, this is one of the, the reasons why I do what I do is that when people start to really value themselves and start to believe that they don't have to, you know, necessarily work harder 
they need to value what they have to offer. They need to, you know, use those superpowers for their highest um, good and learn how to get the other stuff done, right? Like if you're, if you're a leader, it's not about you getting everything done. It's about making sure stuff gets done, right? Mm. And it's about, I, I think of it as, um, finding, identifying and starting to use the leverage points wisely, right? And a lot of people don't use the leverage points when they're, when they're saying, you know, oh, it's just faster for me to do it. You know, oh, you're having some trouble. Uh, just, you know, get out of the way. It's faster for me to do it. That's a, that's a one-to-one leverage. That's zero leverage, right? Um, but if, if they can learn how to share you know, what they know how to do well with others, if they can step back and think like, how did I learn this? How do I break this down so that I can spread my knowledge to others? That's when you start to see a lot more leverage. This is like when you're delegating or when you're stepping back and saying, how can I redesign this system or this process so that it runs more efficiently? These are leverage points, time management. Um, These are leverage points. Um, you know, one thing I want to bring up is uh, when I was writing my book, Winning the Game of Work, I came across some research by a professor at Harvard Business School named Tom DeLong, who studies high achievers. And he has this hypothesis that high achievers are addicted to external validation. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, oh, my gosh, because it's so true. You know, it like is. most of the time they've been good students or, you know, yes. they're moving up because they, they care what other people think. They're trying yep. to meet other people's expectations. And that's good to a certain point. Like we should, um, you know, like you were saying, the difference between sympathy and empathy, right? Like, yeah, we should have that, um, you know, high emotional IQ, right? We should understand what other people need. But we also at some point need to, um, connect with ourselves and use our own judgment and and realize that it's actually impossible to please everybody, you know, and that if you're a leader, that at some point you're going to have to, you know, go a different direction or go against the crowd and to build that resilience and build that confidence in yourself and your own judgment so that it's not devastating if somebody's like questioning a decision that you made. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm pulling two things out of that. Like you have to be comfortable with failure and, and you hear that often, but in this example that we're talking about is you need to be comfortable with your employees or your team members failing, that they're not Mm going to get it right. And you have to be okay with that and learn from it and say, okay, well, how can I adjust the next time around? And the second is they got to believe in themselves. So anything that's going to happen moving forward when they have to go against everybody else, the only way that's going to happen is if they have that com- that confidence yes. and they believe yes. in their in their path forward to maintain that vision in their company or, or whatever it is that they're striving for yes. as a team. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the two things that I feel that you really struggle with. Some of some leaders are very confident and they have a lot mm-hmm. of you know tenacity to move forward but they want to do it all themselves, right? They want to get in front yes. of their team. And the other side is, you know, maybe they don't really believe in themselves, but they're able to let their team fail. But because they don't believe in themselves, they kind of get lost. It gets trampled in there. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm, I feel like that's the story I'm getting. Is, is that what you were trying to describe? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you're you're right about that. And um, you know, when I was talking about the external validation versus the internal validation, you know, one of the things I think is super interesting is that people do worry. I mean, I hear about it a lot as a coach that you know they worry and they ruminate over, oh, you know, what does my boss think? What does this person over in this other department think? And they worry so much that so much of their energy goes into that rather than you know, kind of plugging because we only have so much energy. And if we let mm -hmm. it drip out on worrying about the what ifs or what does somebody else think, that actually means we have less energy to focus on productive activities. And the other thing that I think is super interesting is that we never know what other people think of us. Even nope. if we ask them, we don't know if that's really what they think of us. And what other people think of us actually doesn't hurt us. What hurts us is what we think other they, people think of us, yes, right? So true. It's like when we're shaming ourselves, like, oh, you know, my boss like raised his voice or, you know, somebody rolled their eyes or, or even I got a bad performance rating, right? If, if we slink out of there and hang our head, I mean, we can be there for ourselves. Like, what is the message that we give to ourselves in that moment? Maybe it's that um, I'll do better next time, right? Like, that's, I, I find that it's very interesting. People will, will um, talk to themselves very, very harshly, and especially high achievers, you know, because they, that's what's maybe motivated them over the years. But it's a very, uh, energy intensive way to motivate yourself. And if if we set out out loud what we sometimes say to ourselves inside our head. Oh my gosh. It would be horrible, right? Because oh, yeah. you know, oh it's so stupid and why'd you do that? You bonehead, whatever. Um but I I like uh encourage my clients to talk to themselves the way that they would talk to a dear friend. Yes. Because why why should we not be our own best friend and just say, oh yeah. Okay. You made a mistake. That's too You're the bad. One you like, have, yeah. You have to live with yourself for right. all of your life. You might as well be right. nice to yourself exactly. and encourage yourself, promote yourself, get yes. yourself happy. Like we can do all those things. It's always comes down to that mindset. Like, how can you shift it? How can you get yourself out of it? Yeah, Terry, before right. we, uh, cause we're running low on time. I want to make sure we talk about your book and, and, uh, what's on your website. What can we find? Where can we find your book? What's in it? And, uh, how can we get it? Well, you can find my book on Amazon. It's called winning the game of work, career, happiness, and success on your own terms. It's available as an ebook and as a paperback on Amazon. Um, if you are interested in learning more about uh, working with me as a coach, either for you or your team or any team members, you can check me out on terrybmcdougal.com. I've got uh, lots of information out there uh, about my coaching process, testimonials, um, how to get in touch with me. And I always uh, offer free exploratory calls if anybody wants to set that up and they can do that on my website, terrybmcdougal.com. Super cool. All right. Uh, last, uh, last final thoughts. You know, we talked a lot about mindset. We talked about, you know, being able to get out of your own way, building your confidence, uh, belief in yourself. So many different things that leaders have mm -hmm. to talk about and learn for their own personal development. 
on top of a changing workplace, yeah. uh, what are some final thoughts you want to leave the audience with if they are in a management or executive position and maybe they are that overachiever who just doesn't have that urge to keep going? Oh my gosh. Well, uh, go to my website. <laughs> no, that, you know what I would, I would say is that you matter and your happiness matters. You know, I hear a lot of rationalization from, uh, you know, people that sometimes have gotten to a place where they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm 45. I might as well just stay here, you know, but even if you're 45, it's like another 20 years till retirement, right? And it, and you deserve to enjoy what you do every day, you know? Um, so don't just give up, right? Like believe in yourself and believe that you do have you are valuable, you have gifts, find a situation where you can share those gifts in a way that that feels good to you and that fills your tank back up. It's possible. Um, it really is. And, and often, you know, you don't even have to leave where you work right now. Sometimes just a few little tweaks in how you um, how you work can make you fall back in love with your job. Yep. Few little changes a day, your habits, the way you think about yeah. yourself, your simple goal to do that one thing every single day. So many different opportunities. Terry, it's been an awesome show. You are great. I mean, just you, the way you approach things is amazing. I'm looking forward to hearing more about what you're doing with other uh, clients. Ladies and gents, look, here's the here's the deal. And I, I say this all the time. You need to go and check out a coach. It, it might be Terry. It might not be. But you need to have a conversation because you never know what it unlocks. It's almost like therapy. Once you have a conversation, you open up doors you didn't even know existed. But oftentimes, especially with coaching, they lead to the success that you're looking for. So let somebody else take a look under the hood, move you in a direction that you want to go in. Check out Terry's website, terrybmcdougal.com, terrybmcdougal.com. And make sure you guys pick up a copy of her book. All right, uh, Terry, last little thing. We are big on video testimonials. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, um, what was your experience like on the Business Bros? Oh, Her Hernan, I just had so much fun. This was great. You're so smart about business. You asked such great questions. And I really enjoyed my time here. And I hope that your listeners got a few little nuggets that they can take away as well. Sometimes it only takes one little thing and you may have already heard it, but you just happen to hear it right at the moment that you needed it. And I hope that that's what happens with the messaging for today. Terry, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, we'll catch you guys again next week. I'm off for the next couple of days, but I'll catch you on Monday. Peace. And we're out. Thanks for watching the business bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with the business bro, visit our website, www.businessbros.biz and click on the need more customers button or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz and start getting more